Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. And uh, we're back again after a big old week and weekend of rugby action and we've got the Six Nations Round 3 to look ahead to as well. Uh, thank you very much for listening, how are you doing Phil? Hello Tim, very well thank you. Uh, you, you'll get, your beard is getting to Charlie Manson proportions <laughs> I've got to say it's getting ridiculous um, it, it will be coming off soon it'll be coming off like JB's hair has yeah. come off <laughs> it's looking streamlined yeah very fast at the moment very fast yeah. you look a bit like Teen Wolf <laughs> well, I've always had the <laughs> Michael J. Fox vibes going on yeah <laughs> uh, well thank you for, oh, JB hello 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 I was going to say do you know what my wife told me yesterday what uh, it made me think of you she said do you think the moon landing's happened? <laughs> <laughs> uh, why did you say that? I can't remember why. <laughs> but then I probed a little deeper and she's like, no, I don't think that they happened. No, people, I, people in work have been talking. I was wondering, have you been talking to her? I, <laughs> to be clear, I, I, the moon landing's 100% happened. 100%? I, I also think that they filmed and photographed some of the, oh. some of the stuff as well. To make it look better. To make it look better. Some promo shots. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like when you have the Six Nations promo and they're all wearing trainers. Yeah. You know that's faked. Yeah, that is yeah. faked, isn't it? They, that, they were those ones in action, in anger. Exactly, those are fake. They're, they're like the moon landing shots. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, all, all the basics. I've forgotten how to do this job. Um, <laughs> uh, so yes, we're at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. He's at JB Moore. I'm at Cocker. Phil is lurking in your DMs. Um, you can support us on Patreon. And thank you to the people that do. We'll have to decide another jersey that we're going to give away. For... Oh Christ! I've not sent it. It's there. Uh, it's okay. We'll take care of that. No, but we'll have to decide another jersey. Um, yeah. So we're giving away shirts from the dungeon on on, a, on regular intervals to people that uh, support us on Patreon because we need to just make a bit of space for new ones. To be honest. Exactly right. And also, we want to share share the love and share the joy. I'm, I'm wondering at what point. Maybe may, uh, we'll look. At, we'll, we'll decide on one. I mean, I'm, I'm looking. I keep looking at that Dylan Hartley England jersey. No, the Chris the Chris Robshaw good... England jersey is like an amazing price for a Welsh fan or an Australian fan. But the Dylan Hartley one it is signed and autographed to us, yeah, right. to the three of us right. specifically. Well, we'll get back to you on this. Mm. We'll get back to you on this. But um, you can uh, support us on Patreon and we're very very grateful for those that do patreon.com slash egg chasers uh, right well domestic rugby uh, to kick off on this podcast should we just um, should we start with you are the ref a little you a quick you are the ref segment go on because it rained cards this weekend it certainly did there's five five red cards and multiple other yellow cards yeah, yeah there are a lot of cards amazingly for five red cards 
I don't think it affected the rugby. Uh, just I, by pure luck, no one actually got particularly ill-served by them. No, which... That's a fair comment. I, I, I would agree with that, and it, that does go to something that I've said for a long period of time, actually, that the cards actually impact the rugby less than a lot of people uh, want to believe. Mm. Uh, indeed, it, it's a bad example, very, very small example, but in the London Irish-Bristol game, uh, Bristol have Bedlow, yellow carded for 10 minutes during that 10 minutes Bristol scored two tries that was actually their most effective period of the whole yeah. game they, they, was... should have, they would have been wishing he got a red card which yes. would argue he should have yeah. done yeah <laughs> who was commentating that game Ugo and Ben Kay with Nick Mullins yes yeah. so Ugo it was said something really interesting which is when somebody goes off I think I'd know if it's Ugo but it must have been Ugo because this is his job when someone goes off the best way to defend is to increase your line speed. Yeah, I thought that was a really interesting comment. Yeah. Because uh, I, I, it kind of um, twigged something in my brain as well. Because I was like, that is interesting because it's almost like rolling the dice. Yeah. Like, if you increase your line speed, then you, if if you either hit people behind the gain line, that there's good gains there. But if you get two intercepts like Bristol did, there's huge gains there. But you're rolling the dice because you're going to miss more tackles, mm. and once a team with more men has breached your line, yeah. you are likely to concede more. So it seems like a high risk, but also potentially, certainly on this evidence, yeah, high reward strategy. You'd almost think the logic would be. All right, we're down a man, so we're going to use the touchline as our yeah. extra defender. Sit back and just absorb, 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 rather than try and pressure them. I like that. And mm. then I thought, well, why don't we just do this all the time? And then it came <laughs> back to my old man- mantra, which is being a defence coach is easy, isn't it? Because what do you need? More line speed, more line energy. speed. Yeah. Go get me some wolves. Go That's get the wolves. It. Everyone was going on about how Sean Edwards' French is that much better. He only has to learn two words. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 Line speed, easy. <laughs> I think we've done this before. I'm going to get the translator up. Oh yes, we have. Uh, we have. I think it might even be lean speed. <laughs> Simple as that. Uh, translate. Sorry, this is this is riveting uh, programming. Uh, hold on. Line speed. Let's see. What do you? Oh yeah, vitesse de la ligne. <laughs> there we go. That's all you have to learn. If you want to be, if you want to be a a defence coach in France in France then it's as simple as vitesse de la ligne perfect and that sounds so aggressive there you go done <laughs> sorted get, get your CVs updated Need, needs to be more northern I think that's a good point it's a very good point do you want to do, do an impression of a northerner saying vitesse de la ligne, Phil? Vi- vitesse de la ligne. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> right, good, mate. Get off that sofa, JB, and hit some walls. Exactly. That's, what ex- <laughs> that's exactly what I should be doing. <laughs> All right, OK, right. Let's have a little uh, Ask the Ref segment then, because a crazy amount of cards in the Premiership this weekend. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good to me. So uh, what are we saying then? There are some which are clear reds. That's obvious. Kieran Brooks is a clear red. Do you agree? I I would agree. I'd, I'd actually think I think we can do this quite simply by uh, saying three of them are definitely clear reds uh, because three of them are near identical. Yeah. The Visa, the Kieran Brooks, and the Mike Williams are all no arms tackle or rook clear out where there's either a chicken wing or a slingshot um, position for the arm, shoulder to the head, uh, red card. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. The 
Liebenhangberg, or whatever his name is. Liebenhangberg. Yep. Uh, yeah, he is definitely a red. I don't think there's any doubt so on that, that one. That's that's an interesting one. Oh yeah, yeah. I was going to say. I think we should separate very briefly. I'll, I'll go with wh- where Phil was. We should Jasper Visa, uh, Kieran Brooks, uh, Mike Williams. Mike Williams. The three of those are very similar. And and uh, one thing I remember from where, that that Jared Payne. That's, oh, it feels like a long so it's time a dark ago, day it? in our <laughs> proud history. Uh, that. Um, that Jarrah Payne red card for Ulster. We must be talking like... Was that Alex Good? It was about 2014, I think. Was that's it maybe, Good? It was, yeah, it was. Good. Yeah, was maybe, good. Maybe 2014. Yeah, we're talking 14, a long yeah, time... Seven years ago. It seem a long time ago now. Uh, in the early days of the pod. And uh, I remember one of the things you said then, which has always stuck with me, Phil, was coaching points. And I think you can say it's a clear yellow or red card when there are... When there is a clear coaching point to come out of it. And the coaching point out of this for Jasper Visa, for Mike Williams, for Kieran Brooks is go a bit lower and attempt to wrap and it might both of those things might mitigate yeah if if you attempt to wrap even if you hit the head you're starting a yellow card likely mm. um and it's i remember say, making that exact point is 4 years ago 4 years ago now with Sonny William Sonny Bill Williams on Anthony Watson for the Lions where he shoulder charge he gets a red card in the test that the Lions won and that was a clear coaching point and it should be in, in my mind that that chicken wing or slingshot position should be totally alien to a rugby union player. I can kind of understand why it is a little bit to a rugby league player because historically that was allowed, but that that's never been allowed in rugby for you no, to do that. And now, boys, I don't want you to go wild on this. But I was talking to a current member of the England squad. Ding! I didn't want to, didn't really want to bring that up. But <laughs> I, how was he doing anyway? He's all right. Yeah, he's all right. Yeah, he. You know, how do you know it was a heat? Exactly. Cause, uh, cause oh, because the Roses aren't playing. Oh, yes. I knew no, no, I... they have the elite squad. No, I don't think they're even in their bubble, are they? They're, no, no, they're not in their bubble. But I don't but... even think they're, uh, they're able to do the bubble. That's this no, no, they, they don't have a bubble, but like the England men's squad, you have the elite squad uh, that yeah, is yeah. kind of constant fair, fair. people coming in and out. Shows both of our bigotry. Uh, <laughs> speaking of rugby league, whenever bubbling gets mentioned, it always makes me think about that Australian rugby league player on Mad Monday. Do you know all the lads are stuck, as I understand it, or at least were, maybe they've got a few days off, but they're basically stuck in that bubble for the duration of Six Nations. Yeah. Yeah. Mental. I think it was that was the reason Joe Marley didn't want to do it. Well, don't blame him. I wouldn't do it. Yeah, well, I mean, I've, well, I might do I, it. I, of course, I would. Yeah, for the, to play for my country and to earn, the money is quite good as well, isn't <laughs> and it? To earn 125 grand plus all the extra stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. So anyway, we were discussing the chicken wing, and we couldn't really understand the standard because the chicken wing itself. There are lots of examples of people going into rucks, and people say, "Oh, not raised their arms." And in that scenario, I don't really see why a arm to the face is much more comfortable than a. A pointed shoulder to the face. In fact, I don't think it is. Yeah, I'd, I'd say a shoulder, a proper shoulder charge, like a, an old school rugby league shoulder charge, mm. is definitely uh, is definitely more painful. Having been on the receiving end as a young man of of a rugby league style shoulder charge, yes, it is like being hit by a train. And but to be fair, yeah, I can describe. So these are the sort of details you don't get from other rugby podcasts who have not played since <laughs> their age 15. Or in fact, might not have even played a man's game from what I understand. Um, I have been shoulder charged and the guy didn't shoulder charge me, he just stood his ground and it's like running into a tree. Yeah. Uh, it, it is uncomfortable, but I think that is different, you know, from D- yeah. sort of the arm tuck, you know, almost as if you are bracing, you know, 
you can get caught in a situation where you really didn't want to make this contact you're in a bad situation and you can tuck the arms sort of protect do, yourself I do have sympathy we've seen this one before I do have sympathy for Kieran Brooks in as much as there's nowhere for his arm to go there isn't and, is there and almost you know if, if you apply the coaching point which is make sure you make an attempt to wrap anyway what we might end up one of the unintended consequences might be a lot more players popping out their shoulder joint <laughs> by well, by double tackling with one of their own teammates and their sh- enough, shoulder being left behind them. There was something about this which really uh, struck a chord with me. I can't remember where I've heard this story, whether it's an amateur game or a pro game. I'm sure it's an amateur game. And do you know when you think about things, you think, God, was I dreaming this, this bit of information <laughs> or did this actually happen? But I'm sure I've met a guy who had to quit because he made a double tackle. And he makes a tackle, much like Kieran Brooks, in the Kieran Brooks situation. But he actually managed to wrap his arm. And then as his mate has come in, he's broken his arm. And I I could see that happening. Oh, 100%. It would be a bit of a freak injury. I don't know. Would it? Well, players are supposed to tackle like that all the time. There's probably 100 double tackles a game. When was the last Mm. time you've seen it happen? But isn't the case more to do with... The fact it hits a head. And this is my... Yes. Yeah, this is where I'm going to go so, next with this. Which is exactly what I was going to say. I, I would be a little bit more lenient in general in the ones where there's nowhere for the arm to go and it ends up in a chicken wing position as a result. I think you could almost go, oh, do you know what, we'll just let that play on because it wasn't a shoulder charge. There's yeah. nowhere for his arm to go. However, Kieran Brooks makes the mistake of doing that at the same time that he's also high. Yeah. Yeah, so. although in the Kieran Brooks one, there could have been a mitigating factor because Lavanini's height drops. True. Just before, so true. You could actually see that. I, I think applying world review framework, you could actually get that to a yellow. Mm. I'm no. not saying I particularly like that, just because, uh, as I said before, I think it should be totally alien that um, chicken wing stance. But and I would, could, all, you could get there. I would argue something else as well. I know I'm really confusing all the matters here. We have five red cards. I would argue it should have been six red cards because Bath should have received a double red card for their efforts. For the and maybe seven because Jean Luc Dupree maybe should have got a red Absolutely card. Absolutely not. What he did. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute because that and, is and, wrong. And maybe uh, Sam Bedford should have got one for Bedlow. Bedlow. Bedlow yeah. Sorry. Um, well, certainly the uh, BT Sport commentators, all of them were gunning for that to be a red card. Which get I, him. Get him. I I do slightly disagree with yeah, that. Yeah, no, I think I do. I, I think I think uh, Carl Dixon handled that expertly. Actually, yeah. I thought they did, did a good job, a really good job on that in difficult circumstances. The one from the Leicester game that I'm very sympathetic towards is Hamro Liebenberg. Yeah, the one me, in the air. Because I was interested. I was interested that you said. Oh, it's definitely a red. 100%. Definitely red. I can't see anything else other, other well, than a red. And, so I, I'd pick up on this. The, the one thing, as I said, is when there's a coaching point, you can sort of go, yeah, clear red. Kieran Brooks should have gone lower. He should have wrapped his arm. Fine. Same with uh, Jasper Visa. Un- unnecessarily high and no need to have the shoulder to the head. And Mike Williams didn't need to have the chicken wing and could have been lower. I don't know what Hamro Liebenberg does differently. I don't know and, what I don't know what a coach could say to him tomorrow morning and well, say. And let me now. Let's go through that incident. This is what you should have done. Well, let, let me just add something to that point, because in discussing that, the TMO said that Liebenberg was in no position to catch the ball. Now, I would actually argue that Josh Bassett was also in no position to catch the ball, and that wasn't discussed at all. Mm. Josh Bassett was... He was a good couple of feet under that ball. He, he was nowhere near being able to catch it, which begs the question... Uh, if you extrapolate th- that exact point, every time a ball is kicked, no matter whether you're in 50 yards of that ball, jump into the air, near an opposition player, land on your head, red card. 
Because there, there, there should be, you can't just apply the, that player needs there, to be there's, close there's to the, the ball. There's the coaching point. Well, yeah, <laughs> jump you, in you, the air more. You can't just yeah. apply the only one player needs to be close to the uh, needs to be in a realistic position to catch the ball. Josh you Bassett, have to apply it, that. his hand somewhere near the ball when he. I think I think one hand at the very tip, one hand kind of maybe brushed the ball, but he with it totally outstretched and him right. The, he was not in a realistic position to catch the ball. In, is, in my I mean, opinion, I, I just play the devil's advocate role here. There, there is a contest for a ball. I mean, they are. I mean, they're in the air for a reason, aren't they? They're not well, there because one was in the air. Lieberberg yeah. wasn't in the air, and that, that's so. Josh Bassett, what? Well, just because he's mistimed it, doesn't mean he doesn't deserve the protection of the laws. I guess. No, but Liebenberg, Liebenberg actually wasn't contesting the ball. He wasn't. He, he wasn't. Was he wasn't not? even. He was no. He knows that ball. He doesn't jump for it. He just kind of walks forward because it's gone miles over his head. He's moving forward to get in the line of the ball, which is going over his head. He, he, no- he notices Josh Bassett and sort of shrinks up his arms into a little ball. Um, Maybe I've missed. Watch this then. Well, so, no, I, so Liebenberg is I not think... contesting. This, no. is, this, is, uh, this, I guess, is my point. Liebenberg is not contesting the ball. Josh, ba- Josh Bassett is not in a realistic p- position to contest the ball. Mm. So... I don't necessarily have a problem with it being a red card, but it does seem weird that that element of the law is applied inconsistently to one player and not the other, that you have, must be in a realistic position to catch the ball. And it's a little bit like when Carl, been... when, when Carl Sinclair did that little jump into Luke Cowan-Dickey, and Luke Cowan-Dickey was, the, was on, the, on the bad side of the law because Carl Sinclair had chosen to jump in the air. That's right. And, yeah. he, and he jumped and, and, in the air he before he... Before... Yeah, which I can't remember which one it is. There's the one in like, for the Lions where he jumps before he receives Char- the ball. Yeah, Charlie Far- Farmoina. Farmoina and yeah. Sinclair, yeah. But yeah, it's do you jump before you receive the ball or after you receive the, the ball and the laws applied totally differently. Well, well equally, what, what can a player do if, if someone decides to jump... Onto your head. On, onto your head. Or what can someone decide to do if they yeah, jump and also, immediately before... The one which onto. I find bizarre is when a player's going forward and he jumps for the ball and he's got the side of his hip, which is fairly bony. Very and bony. And smashes into someone's head. And this guy's not left the ground. And that's the guy well, that gets in trouble. Well, Hamro Lieberberg was, yeah, was on the deck for quite some time. Yeah. yeah. He, he might be getting a ban and also might be out injured for... If, and I has mean, a concussion for his efforts. Yeah. It, now, now in, in commentary, they said he, was, he wasn't in control. I, I, you could argue, exactly as Phil's saying, that the person who wasn't in control was Josh Bassett. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. And I don't like well, this standard of not in control. We know we've had this conversation before. But the general argument is, if you're not in control, you're reckless because you're not in control. But there are, in almost every situation in rugby, there's going to be an element before you hit contact that you're not going to be in control. And it's just like, how much control of your body do you have and when when do you lose it, if that makes any sense. So I guess the best athletes have control of their body to a further extent than lesser athletes, so they can pull out with less time. Does that make sense at all? It does, yeah, yeah. Whereas lesser athletes can't do that. So here's a great example for you is the Kieran Brooks one. Kieran Brooks is a sign as he is because he's got a very specific job. And rugby is a, <laughs> it's allegedly a job, a, a game for all shapes and sizes. Kieran Brooks can't change his level that quick. He's not designed to do so. And if he's not changing his level, he's got two options. Either he's, well, he can't move out the way because he's massive. <laughs> so he's either going to... And this is happening in fractions of seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah He's either going to have his arm raising... And then, therefore, hence a swinging arm, or someone's going to run into his shoulder head first. Those are his two options. He's got. Kieran Brooks cannot get lower. No, I, so I would say in this, 
he could he probably can't get lower because uh, Lavanini's height changes so so quickly. He needs he needs his arm to be in a better position. Well, it has, I think... has to be in a better position. But also the world rugby laws they do mitigate for that because of the the sudden change in height. And also, I think that it's almost a price worth almost a price worth paying for clarity, right? So there are situations where... So I have been in a situation where I high-shotted a guy at Gorstang, and I didn't know where he came from. He just appeared around a bunch of bodies. I don't have enough time to adjust my height, and I hit him fairly high. I didn't mean to. It's just the way... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just happens, Well, right? you're fortunate that intention doesn't come into it. Yes. Uh, and, uh, you know, because I'm relatively um, well, well-known in rugby circles, I got away with it. And that guy, and that, and that guy had to quit rugby. No, that, that's, that's a complete lie. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, 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 that bit didn't, didn't happen. Um, but I, I know there's nothing that I could do about it. But actually, that trade-off for certainty in the laws might actually be worth it. Because we can look at it and go, yeah, that's a red card. There's no... There's no ambiguity around it. And that, that's a point that we've been making for quite a while and really highlighting the inconsistent approach where yeah. you, at times the law and the framework has been applied really consistently or certainly it's been applied correctly, but then you see five shots that don't get looked at, don't get a second yeah. look at, are ignored. And that, that's frustrating yeah. with me. And so to a degree, certainly those three reds all being given as reds, it, it actually makes me quite comfortable that... Um, mm. the laws are being applied consistently, certainly. And I, w- I want that. I definitely want consistency. But because because some a lot of um, incidents go unchecked and unpoliced and unrefereed in that sense, that there, you may find there is an incentive to, if you just get a little shot that you think might be high, make sure you fall backwards. Make yes, sure you make Tim. a little bit of a there meal of it. There we go. I mean, that might be a coaching point. And I don't want that to ever be something which comes into uh, rugby. This is 100% I think it, correct. I think it will be the case. Yeah, and it should be, really, because incentives matter, don't yeah, they? It's a, prof- it's a professional game. sport, and that's what... You know, if they're not diving on the floor and you're three, ti- and you're three points down, I might, want, I might want to get rid of that player, to be, to be frank, because... That might be the end of my job too. Mm. <laughs> you know, all these things stick together. Oh, I can't get on board with that. But yeah, but, but these are realities, though. But then, aren't they? If if you don't give uh, the opposition player an opportunity to dive, then he can't dive. Yeah. So it, it's again control the controllables. Oh, I think we're. I think it's a slippery slope when you start going down this. I know it's a moral quandary, but it's, it's a slippery slope. And right. maybe it's old fashioned to think that rugby's not a place where we entertain that. But I don't think it should be. However, professional. Well, and, I, and whatever the stakes, I have it, some. When you start going down that road, uh, it, it it doesn't end. So it just can. It will. Well, the values which we cherish will just continue to un unpick. Themselves. So I have some thoughts on this, which will not be popular, but there needs to be a clear separation between how we ref the game in open play and the standards that we use in refing it compared to what we do in the tight game. So if I'm gonna tackle fail i think the high tackle framework has actually worked really well despite how cynical i was about it it has done exactly what it's intended to do which is change for the most part a lot of behaviors and if you get caught high tackling someone that is largely your fault there's no real workplace to hide now we've had it for four years it's fine we can't say the same for the ruck because the ruck is so much more dynamic and there's little details in it which really which I really struggle with. Moving parts, tiny targets, constantly Ta- changing. Yeah. I mean, Jack Willis gets injured, oh, we need to change that And more. there's hundreds of them every game. Hundreds, yeah, there's hundreds, they're more frequent. With the tackle, we're, we're encouraging the tackler to go lower. But would we encourage the tackler to go lower if the natural 
curry height was lower. Well, no, that wouldn't make any sense, would it? Yeah, and that is the case when you're getting pick and go. Yeah. You're getting the the, the uh, picker of the ball, the attacker, is always going to be going low because he's picking and going. Therefore, perhaps the safest thing in that scenario is the, the tackler more upright. Yeah, to kind of go but over that, the that body. That is a far less effective tackle as well. Well, quite often what you do, you're the, you're the tackler, you're upright, and you actually just push him to deck and go for the jackal straight away. Well, that's what you'd hope to do, but it's yeah. really hard. It's really but hard. But if, if you're Dan Lydia, you're not doing that. No. Yeah. You're going with... Or Luke Kamadiki, you're going at their ankles. Yeah, uh, with whatever part of body you you've got, you can try and wrap, but so good I, luck. I wonder if we categorise the play in different types. So you've got, I guess, open play... And tight play. And in the same way that we ask the questions with the high tackle framework, we've got to do the same with the rook, and they've got to be a completely different set of standards and a completely different set of questions. Um, I don't know what those questions are, and those standards have to be of a lesser standard than how we deal with open play. Because open play, it's quite easy, actually. You know, you don't touch guys in the air, that's easy. You don't, uh, you, you adjust your height low, that's easy. It's not easy with the nope. rock. Yeah, no chicken wings. So I don't know what the standards are, but they need to change. In terms of behaviours, one thing just occurred to me as you were talking about that open play and thinking about wingers and stuff. I can't remember the last time we saw a clothesline type hit. No, sadly not. We've seen a few... <laughs> I mean, no, no. no. <laughs> we've, we've seen a few seatbelt tackles as yeah, someone's I'm coming not, across. I don't, li- I don't like that they're... Penalised and yellow carded as much as they yeah. are. But they're of no danger. We, I, I, we could probably bring yeah. those back now. I think now the, the behaviour's changed enough, we can bring them back. Now, uh, just another thing. It's occurred to me that if you are in the We Must Change the Behaviour crew, you're basically in the same gang as the Games Gone Soft crew. It's, a, it's just a different wing of the same stupid club. Different side of the same coin. It is. It's exactly the same thing. We need to change behaviours. I don't think you're understanding it. So when you're looking at rooks in particular, they're not understanding it. They're not understanding what complexities go into it. And I think as well, the laws have taken us as far as we can go in changing behaviour. I think the behaviour has changed. And what we're seeing is like the baseline of errors. I don't think we're seeing anything more than that now. So I, I disagree with the, the comparison between the change of the behaviours and the, the game's gone soft per grade. Well, they're, they're easy answers to complex questions. But changing, changing behaviour. So game's gone soft, I, I kind of hate the... the yeah. I, I hate the anyone who says that, and I also hate the implication that loads of people are saying it. Yeah, I don't know. Because I, th- I think both are false. Yeah. I think both are incorrect. I Whereas don't think the, anyone says it. I, the, I, I, the I've never met a real person that says it. Someone sa- actually said it in uh, a WhatsApp group that all three of us are in this weekend. Yeah, but wasn't that as a joke? That was sarcastic. I'm pretty sure that I was sarcastic. I don't think it was. Look, look, that's basically a fan group for the podcast. There's no I, way. I read that as sarcastic because I hear it so infrequently. No, I genuinely don't think that was. I think that was really... He was genuinely angry about... And I'm fairly sure he hadn't listened to last week's podcast, so it no, does exist, not but but not um, it's not frequent. But the the change behaviours in my mind, it's the right thing to do. And we, the example of the the taking men out in the air, we've we've actually seen in the last seven years since that Jared yeah. Payne in, in, um, incident, there have been some real intelligent behaviours change, and actually, it is far better. The, the amount of every time I see a box kick defender takes the ball, the the uh, sorry, one player takes the ball. The guy coming forward could potentially compete in the air, but just takes a yard off, lets the defender's feet hit the ground, and then nails him. Every yeah. time I'm like, that is awesome. That is that is better coaching. Every time I, I see that. that, I agree with everything you just said. But then I also still maintain that I'm right, which is the laws have taken us as far as we can 
dumb up behaviour. Oh, I see. So, so what we're seeing is no, it is just the natural order of things when you have a fast-moving, dynamic game. Yeah. So I but think the, the so the arguments I hate the most are there's, there's two which have come up this weekend. Players don't get it. Well, allegedly it's player-led, so the players yeah, must get I, it. I would disagree. <laughs> I, I would disagree with that. It's such a trendy thing to say. You just don't get it. No, no, they do get it. It's player-led. It's there. It's there to protect them. It's not there to protect you on Twitter. Yeah. So they undoubtedly get it because it affects I've, them. I've not been on Twitter this week, and it's been so bloody lovely. Yeah. Do you know what? Just stay away. My yeah. uh, Twitter feed is a delight now. You <laughs> muted load of words and stuff. Yeah, I've deli- I've muted, and I've muted a load of words. And I've got rid of 400 people, all in the sphere of politics. And it's just rugby. And I don't mind having good-hearted rugby debates, even though I don't like the arguments. I, 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 you know, you'll get actually loads from it. Um, and one of them is the players don't get it. This is from the press. The players are not taking it seriously. You know, the players are taking it seriously. And these red cards are literally just the residue of things which players are getting wrong. They are just natural mistakes. They're not behavioural things. They're not going out there to injure people. If Mike Williams had his time again, he would have gone lower. He didn't he, do that. He would on have purpose. gone lower and tried to rap. Yeah, of course it, he would. Because those, those are, I think, I think these are residual things. Is right. This is the almost like a hangover of when you could do that kind of stuff. Which, yeah. which historically, because yeah. these law, the laws haven't changed. There's just the framework to apply it correctly, and they are being applied more consistently now. But thirty years ago, you couldn't go in and not bind. Uh, sort of chicken wing um, not bind and hit someone in the head in a tackle or a rook it's just being applied correctly now there is another amazing line of thinking and I just can't get over this one um, the, the referees have started to take it seriously the, there's five red cards referees have taken it seriously anyone who says that has no idea how good the referees are in the premiership I honestly think the so I watched the Bath Gloucester game with my younger brother on Friday night and he was saying, oh, my God, the refereeing here is so much better than football. And he's watching the bath. He was watching the bath red card or one of the bath red cards. And his point was that the referee has explained everything in mm. detail. All his decision making, the decision trees are there for everyone to see. And it's really good. These guys are at the top of their game. They really are brilliant officials. Yeah, they're incredibly professional. And, and in Premiership, um, which is the league I watch the most, it's not just the referee. The two assistant referees and the TMO are all very good at communicating, right on top of their game. Yeah, really, really compared the TMO situation, which is not ideal, and we do not love it in any way. We don't think it's perfect. So much better than VAR. Oh, VAR is an absolute (laughs) joke, and I don't watch a huge amount of football, but just the sheer number of awful, awful decisions where seemingly every single person knows it is wrong. And it's still making that decision over and over and over and over again. It's crazy. Yeah, it, it, it what, is nonsense. What, so, were the, what were the other red cards briefly? I can't remember. The other one was the this is Val Rapava Ruskin. Val Rapava Ruskin. I had a little sympathy for him elbow. as well. I see I have less sympathy. Yeah, that's, no, that's, that's one of those I, where... I think that, no, is just a, that is a hangover of... That's just an, It's a natural thing to do to protect yourself. And had he just... I think, in fact, I might have been Austin Healy said this today, which is exactly what I remember thinking at the time, is... If he if he had his hand the other way around, so he yeah. do the hand if off. If he gets hand first, palm it's first, not fist fine. first, he's fine. Well, it's it's the elbow, it's the forearm elbow. It's but do you know what I saw on this? What happened to tackle height in that? Well, that's a really good point. <laughs> like, but it's, so tackle height yeah. is not in the law. That's a recommendation, but that's that is not part of the law. I mean, if you're it? standing upright, 
but then, and the guy comes at you. Yes, he has not exactly exactly acted legally, but the guy's upright. Like but maybe that, it's not illegal to to tackle upright. One of the ways around it's this, not... I was I was I watched it. I thought one of the ways around this might be to to carry the ball like an NFL running back in two hands across the front of your body, and you almost lose the use your ball and your both your arms as a as, what about the a, as, a, as a bumper. Yeah, your sacrifice. No, no. On on those on the occasions when you know I'm taking yeah, it into you're contact. going in the tight a pick pick and go. You're not you're never offloading out of a pick Wrap and go. Wrap it in, are in you? front of you because then you can actually then you can push with your arms and bump as long as you have got the ball in ball in the yeah. in your rib cage. I didn't like that for Varvara Pavaruskin. I just didn't. I think. I, I, I've Fine. got no problem with that one because I, I remember again being being caught playing. Should have gone lower. Should have gone lower. Yeah, then, then yeah. You lower. Won't get I you mean, in the head. What a great incentive, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that will change behaviours. That will change behaviours. Well, have, 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 have you seen Val Rapava Ruskin's legs? I don't oh, want to tackle yeah. those. That will change behaviours. <laughs> I, I remember. I remember getting caught with a, a leading elbow like that. Probably. Yep. Yeah, tackled. Tackling too high, um, but caught right in my throat. I had that, and in I training. was like, I, I wanted to shout, "Say it, but I couldn't <laughs> say it." I was like, ah, ah. "Yeah." Now I think where people have real problems with the laws are when these things are not picked up whatsoever. When they're picked up, I think they're dealt with actually really professionally. Yeah. When they're not picked up, we get frustrated. But then you can't pick up everything. No, That's what I'd say, and I'll say, um, I said it before, but the, the Carl Dixon handling of the the Sam Bedlow. Uh, tip tackle I thought was excellent I thought really well done and I thought the right result and I don't know if you saw there was a Dave Ewers challenge yeah in penalty the, only yeah penalty only he went f- he, oh, it was a no arm double, t- double hit yeah double hit he went with no arms uh, but hits the chest of the player and there's no contact with the head it's penalty only again I th- handled really really well yeah, it's a, it's an interesting interesting subject. Now, there is one other element of this which has to be addressed because I think this is fascinating. And it is the Dan Dupree one, okay? The yellow Jean, cut. Jean-Luc. Jean-Luc Dupree, sorry. They, they, all the Dupree's merge into one. Um, <laughs> is that why you had Cornell Dupree in your fantasy rugby team exactly. last weekend? Yes, it might <laughs> so um, he, So he, it's, it's a ruck inside Quinn's own 22. Jean-Luc Dupree's trying to, trying to put some pressure on the scrum half pass by... Boshing the guy who's over the ball, Alex yep. Dombrant. Hits his shoulder. Hits his shoulder. The ref says he rises up. Yeah. And then Alec, uh, then Dombrant is on the floor holding his head. And he's holding the wrong side of his head. Mm. Did you see that? So what's your initial thought about him holding the wrong side of his head? So I, I thought he made a meal of it. Uh, uh, as in, uh, he he did go quite clearly, like, hands up, this would mouth be one open. Of those, this would be one of those coaching points. Is like, is, <laughs> is there an incentive to... Try and buy a yellow or red card. I don't think that's what Alex Dombrand did. No. Can I tell you what, exactly what did happen? Go on. So, Dupree comes in and hits him legally. I'm certain of that. But Dombrand is on the floor holding his head. So I thought, he's, he's done him. He's done him. He's, holding, he's held his head. And now the referee's like, oh my God, I can't not review yeah, this. There's a yeah. player on the floor holding his head. So the, play, so the referee goes, goes upstairs and he looks at the challenge, and what he can see is Dan Dupree coming in. Jean-Luc. Jean-Luc Dupree. And they're confused. They are confused. You can hear him like, well, it kind of hits the shoulder. Yes, it's very close to the head, but it hits the shoulder. Does it rise up? All right, they're not getting in for rising up. Surely not. He's made initial contact, and that's what's happened. And it freezes, so you don't know any more, any more information. Watch the whole thing again. Dan, Jean-Luc Dupree comes in, drives... Don Brandt rises up and his head connects with Danny Kerr's head. 
And that's ah. why he holds his head and falls back. Not because he's been hit by Jean-Luc Dupre, because he's hit Danny Kerr's head. So I don't think you see that from the first angle, properly. You don't see it from any angle, because they freeze it. Ah, so, But when okay. you see it in real life, you can see his head coming up, and that's why he's holding the wrong side of his head, because that's where he's made contact with Danny with Danny Kerr. Kerr. Mm. It's not even a card. What One coaching point, I would say, on those, and it was a, a little bit like Jasper Visa, it's almost like... Just let that rock go. Yeah. The rock's gone. And the problem with it is, they've now got to make a decision, haven't they? Like, oh, God, okay. Well, he was illegal because he's come off his feet. John Luke Dupree is probably coming off his feet in 90% of rocks because it's probably the most effective way to rock. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, you're, that is reckless. Yeah. As it, and you're just risking penalties yeah, and not, yellow I cards. Think, I, there's, there's some of the, some of those, that one, that yellow card, it's not, it's just, I just don't see the, the, the potential value you're getting out of hitting Don Brandt to make Danny Kerr's pass when you've pinned Quinns in their own 22 versus just... Yeah, well, the risk the of giving a penalty away. What's but the point? The interesting part here is if you hold your head, you're going to get a review. And if you come, off your, you come off your feet, you can stop the attack, you can stop the pressure, you can do all sorts, all, all sorts of naughty mm. things. Now, Don Brandt is actually completely innocent in all this, but in real life, in, re, um, in the replays, he looks, in, he looks guilty. He actually did get hit in the head. Mm. So you should have had a HAA. One yeah, more. Yeah, I guess. If you're holding your head, you always have a HAA, right? <laughs> one, I, I think so. Well, that, that's maybe one thing to... to um, Don't touch dis- your head! <laughs> Disincentivise it, is if you go down holding your head like you've been shot, you've got to go for a HAA. Mm. Yes! Like, that, yes. That's one thing you've got to do. That, there you go, that would solve the... The opposition doctor. Buy it. <laughs> With the French doctors. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, so one more refereeing-based decision to, to talk about, and it, yes. it's also the end of the, the end of the Exeter-Northampton Saints Yes. Which is a fascinating little situation. So I have a top tip for this. I always watch the quad, because the quad twitches. Quads when never lie. Quads never lie. I mean, I always watch the quads anyway. Yeah, oh, of yeah, course. I'm always oh, looking at the quads. Absolutely. Never seen anyone being able to judge it off shoulders. But if he's tense as quad, you can go. Well, so, just to reiterate, in case you didn't see it, the, the last minute of Exeter's game, they so uh, they score a try, which brings them one point behind Northampton. A touchline conversion opportunity by Joe Simmons, who lines up a kick. Then Northampton start running <coughs> to charge down the kick. <coughs> get to the ball before Joe Simmons kicks it convinced he's moved referee Christoph Ridley agrees that Joe Simmons had moved Joe Simmons is like what well well I think you can see this both ways mm. and there's not I've I've watched all the game tape we've got and I'm still not 100% certain I probably give uh, the referee and Northampton the benefit of the doubt yeah. that I think he does move he, I think it is a clear stop he shimmies his shoulders, but then there's a foot move, and then he stops again, and then he starts moving. Yeah. But by that time, who was, who was, was it Johnny Wilkinson who used to do the little shuffling on his feet like he's a, a seagull trying to get worms up? Out it of the might well be, and if that is the case, more people should charge him down. Yeah, or you you bake that into your routine, yeah, so that you've got like they, basically if you're doing that up until the point you move, it's harder to judge because the, the law is is when you start your approach for the conversion and I think World Rugby clarified this a few years ago and said that the, the, approach. the approach is the point at which you you, uh, no, th- you they move just said, towards no, the ball well, no 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 they actually clarified that because they said they didn't want referees to have to decide when a forward motion was done it was after you pause and you're set when you initiate movement World Rugby clarified this 
that's when you begin your approach. Okay. So in, so yeah. in this case, I, I agree with you. I would give Northampton the benefit of the doubt. The one interesting part is you can clearly hear Northampton players shout, shouting before they get to the ball, he's moved, he's moved. And, yeah. and one of the laws is you're not yeah. allowed to shout. Yes. So, ah, e- so, equally, so equally, I think the referee would have been justified to go, that was fair enough, guys, but you shouted, so back you go. Yeah. What about, shot. I mean, I, I would feel... Um, if I was a Northampton fan, I'd feel particularly hard done by yeah, because they really. only shouted because Joe Simmons is like, "What? I've not moved." Yeah, which is, apparently which, has not moved. Which, yeah. But uh, out of all of this, the one thing I will say is I, I I love Exeter as a club so much. There is so much to love, and the end of this game is what is just a prime example of why it is such a special club because Joe Simmons didn't complain. Shook, it, shook Northampton's hand. He was clearly disappointed, but the first thing he did was didn't sh- didn't he just kept it to himself and he went and he shook every Northampton player's hand. Rob Baxter afterwards said, "No, we had seventy or we had seventy eight minutes where, yeah. where we were sub substandard. We should have won that ourselves, and we're, we're not going to blame the referee. And you know what? I've had a look at the video, and fair enough, he's entitled to interpret it that way. So, absolute class from Rob Baxter. Absolute class from their captain Joe Simmons." And I just think it highlights what a, what a great club they are. And going back to, you know, let's not unpick the things we love about rugby. Exeter are, are everything. They're a club that will be the last to to go. Go on, just have a little dive, lads. I don't know. Well, it's easy to do that when you've got a job for life, isn't it? It's not so easy when chicken and egg. You know, is you're he, on the is hot he seat. As, is he as successful as he is because he's built? Because he's, he's part of the cause, furniture. Because he's because he's built that way. Because that, that's the mindset he has. Uh, I, I, look, if it's if it's my job on the line, you're diving. <laughs> <laughs> the GB yeah. School of Management. You've got to go down. You've got to go down. <laughs> There's no options for you. And in in that game, there was only one card. It was a yellow card, and it was for a Northampton player. Yeah, mm. Furbank got a yellow. So it's it's another one where uh, <laughs> cards have less of an impact on the game as they at one time did. Because I, I remember being told. Uh, and this might have been a rugby league hangover or something like that, but the the old mantra always used to be two scores. Yeah, Wales were that. You can see, yeah, you can Wales see. Wales You can that. see the yellow car. You should be two scores ahead at that. And it, I mean, it it happened in the Bristol London Bristol, Irish game. Two score, two, yeah. Yellow card, two scores <laughs> for the team with fourteen. Yeah, yeah. there are strategies, I guess, to deal with it more, uh, which there needs to be. But yeah, so teams are some... much better now at dealing with. Well, it. just on that, should, like Northampton are in in third. I mean, are they? Are they not in fourth? Uh, or fifth? I think they're in third. I think you'll find Harlequins are in third and Sale are in fourth. Let's have a quick look. Uh, Northampton uh, Harlequins are in third oh, okay. Northampton are in fourth, fourth yeah. what when did that happen Sale are in fifth um, Sale, Sale 28 points Northampton 30 admittedly How? Northampton have picked up some How? Northampton have picked up some Covid points but nonetheless that was a fine win going down to Sandy Park first time yeah. in seven years that they've won there yeah, first is... time anyone's won there in seven years probably uh, yeah what a weird season hey yeah, because Northampton were buried and gone, weren't they, at a certain point? Uh, and basically, right up until the point when uh, Poison Chalice Chris Boyd signed a new extended contract, they were, they were dead in the water. But and then as not- soon as he signed that contract, I, we were all saying, lots of people were saying, that's meant he's doing a terrible job, and they've been really impressive since that point. Hmm. Now, they've, sorted out they've been impressive the- once, I'd say. So I don't think they were impressive in their win against Gloucester. And I don't think... Uh, they're, 
they're still a little bit flawed for my liking. They still got the back too much. I didn't see the Exeter game, so I can't talk about that. Well, they were tough. Yeah, yeah. They, they scored were a push tough. over try. Yeah, I heard, they, Exeter, I heard they won scrums and stuff. Like yeah, that. They, yeah. Won, they won scrums. They won the tight battle got, against they, Exeter. Yeah, that, I mean, that that is a that is a. To paint that that's, compared to what we were talking about six months ago yeah, for Northampton, one eighty change. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Is, uh, maybe styles make matchups. I was, or I was something. just about to say it's a three sixty change, but that, people say that a lot, don't they? But that actually means <coughs> yeah, it means exactly exactly where you started exactly. from. Yeah. It's a one eighty change. Yeah, no, it is. It's about to. It's um, and ma- makes a massive difference. Um, they've got a bit of uh, real toughness about them, and Sean Aidendorf, as an example, has added a bit there. Nick Ezekwe has been great. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, they're not going to be challenging for the title this season, but they're well, they literally are. Well, no, they well, won't. they'll, they'll be competing to for top four, but I think the the title will be a step up, uh, too far. But if they're in, if they're in top four, you're in contention. Aren't but you? they're uh, they're a nuggety they're a nuggety team, and they've made some big strides. And so, fair play for that. Yes. Bath won another game. Do you notice that? Yeah, they did. Um, less impressive than the win last week. It was a tough game. I thought that Gloucester had a lot, um, a lot to say for themselves. I don't know where I stand on Bath because I don't think Sale really stood up well against them. Although Bath came out fighting. Oh, Josh Bayless has been called up by Scotland. He has. So yeah. people are listening. Yeah. I, not, he's not gonna, Eddie, not the RFU not Eddie, selectors. No. I think he's going to be an absolute weapon for someone at six. Not a second row. He's not six foot four second rows. Yeah, two, two a penny. Or six, need... six three, one hundred and six kilos. Yeah, wired. not something. That's you need. not a second row. But as a back row, I think that there's some there's some promise there. He, he's a yeah. good player. Good player. Good Premiership player. He's a great player. I think Tim. This, he's this, a great. No, no, player. mate. I've been I've been talking up Josh Bayliss before you, buddy. <laughs> you didn't even know his <laughs> name before I mentioned him, mate. Mate, he's more my friend than yours. T- Tim was Tim was working the 2017 uh, England England under 20s when he was uh, mm-hmm. performing. I never, I never remember you mentioned jo- Josh Bayless. I'm just saying, don't remember that. I, Alongside Stockers, uh, Jordy Barrett, for England, uh, Porter, all of those. Before, before the first lockdown, I did a little sit down interview with him at Sandy Park during a game, and uh, and I think I said on the podcast, like, it's a good looking rooster and a really he is nice a, bloke. He is handsome as well. He's bloody good, hard worker, rapid. Plays all back five positions. He's a yeah, and Miles Reed seems to be doing a lot, a lot more good things. He's very busy. Yeah, you know, this reminds me a little bit of when Wales were terrible, and they were terrible with like second choice players, and they slowly got better and better and better. And when all the first choice got back in, they then had a real nice complement of players to build into their squad. And I think people like Miles Reed and Josh Bayliss and who's the winger on the Will, Will Muir? Will Muir. He, he lot- looks. Quality will be a yeah, maybe. rangy straight. He's like McConaughey two point Yes, he is. He that is rangy running style. Now maybe I would. I don't know. I'm not willing to give Stuart Hooper the benefit of the doubt just yet. No. If there were real issues at the core of that club, that was the sort of game they would have lost. Or is it the sort of game that Gloucester would have lost? That's more the point, isn't it? Mm. It's, it's a game. It's the, exactly the kind of game that Gloucester have been losing all season. I, mean, I just felt for them so much. They were Chris Harris and Reese Summit were absolutely dynamite, and they still couldn't win. Yeah, those two are class, aren't they? Mm. Um, 
But they're in that losing streak, aren't they? Yeah. They've, they've got to do something special to break well, out no, of it. Well, no, they don't. No, they don't. Oh, actually, oh, yeah. yeah fair, to to fair break point. out of it. To, yeah, to break out of it, they've got to do something special, but they don't have to do anything special. They don't have to do anything, yeah. Well, so all the players... They would be roughly the same points, of, points as Bath if only they'd given up all their games to COVID. <laughs> <laughs> they'd be two places better than they actually are. <laughs> oh, yeah. poor, poor old Gloucester. I don't know what to recommend to them other than just carry on chipping away. They are almost there. That's, it's probably a good point to mention that we've got another podcast coming in your feed this uh, in, in probably tomorrow, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, it'll be in your feed now. But we, uh, we're going to be just throwing some ideas. If ring fencing is going to be permanent, which we may, it may well end up being then... I think we're all unanimously against that. However, mm-hmm. there's only so long you can keep trying to swim against the tide. Actually, if you're going to swim with the tide, how could it work? We're going to try and uh, solve that one. Indeed. Yes. So a few things on Bath, which then proved to be not true. Uh, I did not think that... Oh, what's his name now? Mercer had a good game. And then all of a sudden people were like, he's absolutely class. I thought he looked like he'd been in, it like, looked like he'd already departed to France for most of this. <laughs> French yeah. conditioning. Yeah. He, he has put on some weight, not all of it good. I agree. He, he's he's still, nowhere near as explosive as he was. He still does some lovely things. He's, he's still a very talented player, but yeah. It's, it's interesting because he's, he's gone to France because he's not on anywhere near England's radar. And I think it's probably right that he's not anywhere near England's radar. I completely agreed. Last few, last six months in particular, I do not think he's played nearly as well as he did when he first broke on the scene. When he first broke on the scene, I was talking at this guy as maybe the best player on the planet. All action, like basketball-style hands, rangy yeah. runner, feet, power, everything. footwork. But he's definitely slowed down a bit. Yeah. Uh, Falatau looked class. Falatau <laughs> is playing his best rugby at the moment. This is the best... The last few games that I've seen of him, the best he's played in the Bath shirt. Mm. And to to think about what he's done, and obviously Fartow's not alone, Reece Samit, Hogg, uh, Sheedy, all played last weekend, battered and bruised, uh, maybe less so Sheedy than Back rows particularly abrasive. Yeah, yeah. Falatau in particular. And then to play this game on a Friday night as well for Falatau. But also, I think this happened twice to Falatau now, that he's had no other place to go i.e. they've either had red card or injuries, which means he's forced to stay on. Yeah. So he's had a real bad time of it, which may be what he needs, actually. He maybe just needs his forced minutes because he hasn't played much and just a little bit of toughening up might might, might do him well. And it's potentially a Lions year. So yeah. if, if there's ever an incentive to uh, get back to your best rugby, that Lions is it. Lions year is a one, isn't it? Just, yeah. Just quickly talking about back row then, because and you mentioned Zach Mercer is, you know, maybe a, f- a few places down the pecking order at, at England level, and I agree. Uh, but um, who George Martin, he, he's the man then in the England squad. Eddie Jones Next cab off the up, rank. Next Clearly. Rank. Does anyone know anything about George Martin? Yeah, I know he's just uh, like one of the guys um, Steve Borthwick brought in at the end of last season when they were playing all the kids. I'm surprised didn't interview him straight after Josh Bayliss. <laughs> <laughs> Tim's been talking about George Martin for a years. Long time, for years. A long time. Yeah. Do you I know, remember no, all the Game of Thrones podcasts yeah, back no, in uh, 2014? He, him, Freddie Stewart, and Van Portfleet, the scrum half, are the three youngsters they're most excited about. I'd be excited so. about Van Portfleet. He, he looks good. I really like him. Yeah. Stewart, Stewards, I think that the pick of the the Stewart, pick of the three of them. Stewart I don't think class. he is. Well, no, he is very oh, no, good. He actually, is. he's good. He, but he's, I also think Van Portfleet is very good. Freddie Stewart's got uh, Matt Perry vibes at football, like the the, the safest houses fullback. Interesting. Do you know who I runner. thought he kind of reminds me of? A, a developing Israel Falau. Interesting. He's so tall. I'd go for that. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, you've got a yeah, long way. That's, that's a long in the air. 
Yeah, that would be a long way to go. But I can't think of anyone else who's six foot four who plays full back. Falao's six five, isn't he? No, I think I think uh, Stewart's six five. Yeah, um, you're, you're obviously missing the tallest ever international fullback. Oh, Jordy Barrett. No, Matt Banahan. No, no. Don't think he oh, played oh, international. Um, uh, can, can, Canadian. Yes. Um, went on Pike. to play Mike Pike. Get went it. on to play. Well, went off to play on to play AFL Aussie Rules. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Um, I, I do like Stuart. George Martin. I, I know very little other than. He wrote, Lord, he wrote Lord of the Rings. Obviously wrote the no, Lord yeah, of the wrote, Rings. Wrote Game of Thrones. Wrote Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones sorry. sorry. Yeah. Um, other than, he's a big boy, he's 19. Tolkien's, Tolkien's a quality player in the academy yes. that's coming through. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he's 19 and six, six foot six and um, 18 and a half stone, which for 19 years old is fairly sizable. It's quite large for, for 19, isn't it? Yeah. I, so there's a few things about Leicester. Let's talk about Leicester then. Um the good and the bad. So <laughs> this feels a little bit like more, more good than bad in this match, though. Well, this feels like the fruits of the ill. Um, is it the fruits of the no the ill-gotten whatever it was, whatever it is, the fruits <laughs> of the poison tree or whatever the hell it is, right? Which is to get these three young youngsters, they had to throw a lot, awful lot of them to the wolves at the end of last year. <laughs> <laughs> like many animals were hurt in the filming of this film. <laughs> I think wasn't it the get? There was the game at wasps. The reverse fixture uh, at the end of last season, like in October time, where they got absolutely yeah. panned, yeah. like embarrassingly what, panned. So what you're saying, this is like when you go to a Russian circus. Effectively. And you see all of the incredible dancing bears and all the animals performing tricks. Yeah, you but had what to, you don't see is behind the scenes. The 600 bears they had to, they had to sacrifice to find those, those 30. Exactly. That's exactly what we're looking <laughs> at, yeah. So to get here... Uh, there has been a there's been a price to pay, and not all to management. But anyway, we are where we are. As for the Tigers, this game was patient, grinding, grueling, boring, pragmatic, Borthwick-esque, territory based. I loved every second of it. <laughs> I thought it was absolutely awesome. And against Wasps too, who come to rugby grounds to play really nice, attractive rugby with a hell of a talented team, um, and it wasn't enough. Uh, they didn't let them play at one point. It was 1% possession in Leicester's 22. I like that. That's old school. And the thing I like most about the Premiership is there are so many clubs with different identities. And when they embrace their identities, rather than yeah. go down this trendy way of playing rugby because yeah. everyone wants to see offloads, this is how it should be played. So in other words, if Leicester could rewind and make different decisions, they might just go... Well, okay, we're having a bumpy patch with Cockers, but we're sticking with him because this is the way to go. Yeah, this is Leicester, and the the as great a coach as he is, the I've forgotten his Matt name. Matt O'Connor, the the <laughs> no, who was the guy who came in alongside oh, Aaron Major is not the way. No, it's not the way. This is not the way. Yeah, albeit if you can somehow combine the two of them and and get the gnarly forward pack and the back singing, then that's not yeah. a bad thing. And but maybe see- maybe they had it all along in the. The Cocker's major, maybe that was destined to be the maybe the kind perfect of like a, combo. Um, I pointed out in on another platform, which is what do Leicester want to be? And I don't think it's been entirely clear. Is it like a common room for Matt O'Connor's old old mates? Is it a expansive team as you know you mentioned with Aaron Major, uh, access of Kyle Eastman and George Ford and Manu Tuolangi and Johnny May, who are all great players. But they weren't doing the business that Leicester required them to do. Well, can you? Can anyone tell me a team that's been really successful at any level that hasn't had a horrible, nasty pack and halfbacks that have 
an amazing kicking game. No. No, I can't so think of one. is that not, like, that's the bedrock of every great team? Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Uh, and It's not rocket science. Yeah. It's really it? not. Wigglesworth is one of the best ever to play the game. People might not think that because it's not a particularly cool thing to say. He's got five titles. He didn't, he didn't accidentally find them. <laughs> He's a brilliant, brilliant player. He even managed to win a title with Sale Sharks. That's how good he is. Don't, don't get it. We'll see. <laughs> don't get it. Uh, yeah, fair play. Even with Sale Sharks. It's, it's, it's nice to see a horrible Leicester pack just being yeah. meaty. Now, I still don't like how it's put together. I still don't like the fact that the whole back row was South African. I mean, <laughs> you, you know. don't like that. Uh, you know, not, <laughs> you don't like that. Not for Leicester, what? no. <laughs> different, different identities for different clubs. Um, they've, tried, they've tried alternatives that South African beef is just... Yeah, but they're not the good South African Yeah, but it's not the good South African beef, is it? We've got uh, sorry, <laughs> other teams. Other teams have got the good ones. These are just pale impressions. They're pretty handy. They're not that handy. The, the other Visa brother, yes. and Liebenberg and Brink. Well, there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Talking about an English back row player, Alex Dombrant. Uh, again, Alex Dombrant will have seen George Martin get called up to England. And, yeah. Uh, and him, well, he and Sam, Sam Simmons, but I'm going to mention oh, well, Alex Dombrant must, yeah. must be going, what what have I got to do? Yeah. Well, he was he was Dombrant in this game. He was he? amazing. He does he, Dombrant things on, on Dombrant time. Like, occasionally he just clicks into action and think, oh, wow. He... I think, although the running was done by somebody else, it was effectively his try, what what he did to yeah, set it up. totally. Well, actually, there's another person I'd mentioned that was involved in both of those tries, Will Evans. Yep. Yep, it was class. He, jack- he jackled the ball. Don Brandt... Oh, Don- no! Don Brandt ran... What? what? <laughs> I've just done God knows how many videos calling Will Evans Will Skinner. Alex Dombrant Alex Dombrant just does a Johnny May circa 2013 esque run across the pitch to, yeah. fi- to find a space and give an offload back in. The guy is special, and I've, I've said this a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to keep banging the Dombrant drum, drum. He has a rugby brain that, at whatever level, he's utilised it will do special things because his brain operates in a way no other number eight in England does yeah and and I I would agree with that his lines like his line for his try yeah the lazy line because he knew he just has to run that lazy cross field line to pick up because Marcus Smith is going to break the line he's got the time and the space Marcus Smith will do it and he picks it up 
20 yards ahead of where Marcus Smith starts his run and scores and, and the, the one that you described before Tim that the little step and then accelerate and then the offload to I think it was Mike Brown coming through who had a Mike Brown had a oh great, my goodness, great wonderful game. game he's so good wonderful he's so good and Danny Kerr was awesome so I was thinking about this like Danny Kerr and Mike Brown fall into this category players I've actually written off and said no yeah. and it's time to go I, I never have for the record and the podcast will be tested yeah. into that I have and I, maybe, I have as well and I love I've loved Mike Brown for a long period of time it was unfair because perhaps you're thinking of them in England terms and maybe the international scene has passed them by but in the club colours, they've been they've been brilliant. They were they were brilliant. I, I, I think you see, bearing in mind what we've been saying about England, I see you see you see Mike Brown at the weekend, and you actually no, I, I don't agree. Just because he's the age he is, he is arguably England's best fullback. Well, I go. I would say he is England's best fullback. And Danny Kerr is arguably England's best nine as well. But England maybe don't have an international class fullback at this at this time. Well, yeah, mm. that would be the other thing. Uh, I don't think that Danny Kerr is the best nine in England. Maybe he is. He actually. might be the best English nine. I mean, he's not a million miles away, is he? Bearing in mind, Ben Youngs is the English nine. So he's better than Ben Youngs, but I would still say the backups are probably shading it. But there again, Eddie likes him more than he likes uh, Ben Spencer, probably more than he likes... uh, Dan Robson. Dan Robson. Here's a question for you. Now Now that Gustard has left, obviously things have significantly improved for Quinn. They really have. Yeah. Like, it's chalk and cheese. What between. was he doing? Well, it, here's my question. It, was it the the toxic culture that Gustard created within that squad that has now been lifted to allow them to flow free? Or was the um, professional uh, do-gooder, um, improve-yourself culture that um, Gustard created stifling the toxic well, culture that the players wanted yes, to, exactly. to be well, yeah. around there. Or, or maybe, in terms of identity, what do you think of when you think of Quinns? You think of, like... Faded red trousers. say fair, go for it, attack, attack, attack. Uh, and maybe they just needed the shackles off. Albeit, the biggest change in them, much like Leicester, is that they're hard. Yeah, They do work hard, actually, don't they? they their, their pack has been tough and I, it's been a while since I've said that about Quinn's yeah, back quite right but it, it was for the longest period of time you had like an international front row and nothing behind them and they're just failing to perform yeah I, I like what they've done now I don't recommend anyone fire a £300,000 DOR and replace them with ex-players but in this case <laughs> it might have worked because what Quinn's have understood is you can't just implant a culture from someone else who is actually your arch rival and just hope it works. And no amount of wolves or bears or attack helicopters could make Quinn's play. That players. might be it, you know, because we know that... I know Saracens don't really think of Quinn's as the, as the, as the big match, but Quinn's definitely think of Saracens yeah. as their big derby rival match. And maybe they just felt they were getting the Saracens' juice... Yeah, and they were like, well, "No, we're not having this. We hate, uh, yeah. we hate, we hate that." Yeah, we hate you. Uh, yeah. That's basically it. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily anything wrong with Gustard. I think Gustard will go on to do great things. I hope he will at least. But he just wasn't the right guy for Quinns, and Quinns made a massive mistake in you know not building on their foundations like Leicester are now, and said trying to reinvent reinvent the wheel. The Quinns know what Quinns are. They wear faded trousers, they wear quartered shirts, they drive Maseratis, toxic and cliques. Yeah, I've, toxic I've got cliques. to say, they're 
I've driven into I've mentioned this before but in Maserati. I've driven into a few <laughs> in your Maserati premiership Come. car parks and it's more stark when you drive into premiership car parks when there was no fans about and uh, driving into the Quinns car park when it was only the Quinns players there oh my goodness really the motors they've got yeah, seriously. That's not good. As an IFA, I can yeah. tell them that's not good. And it's not good as well because they'll be paying a significant premium for property around, down yeah. there as well. They really need to get some advice, I would, I, I'd recommend. Mm, anyone you know who could... Yeah, I know a few people. Um, yeah, it's uh, that. Yeah, that, that that concerns me. That concerns me more. And I'm not going to tell that story again. It concerns me. <laughs> well, concerns whatever me. Marcus Smith is driving, he's earning it as well. So again, is there? A, in, I would I would argue at the moment there is not a better eight. Nine, ten, or fifteen—that's English. Oh, I thought you were going to say something well, else. On, on form, I, I probably. Well, do you know who you missed out? If you have the last four games, yeah, you missed out the. And this is quite something for the Premiership. The guy who might be the best South African signing. Oh yeah, well, I was saying English. Est- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Esther Hazen. Esther Hazen. My word is a handful. Yeah, like the, the best part about this game is uh, Harlequins did not need Marcus Smith. To play really well. In fact, he played pretty poorly, to be honest. His kicking was not quite where it should be. His passing was still good. His feet were still good, but they weren't at his top end. Esther Hazen allows himself bad games because he gets him over the game line and batters people. Mm-hmm. Like he was beating up other South Africans, which is impressive. <laughs> uh, did he really see the game today? Yeah. Awesome match. I it- turned it off at half time. I thought this is over. It was. So it's interesting you say that because I was a bit annoyed at half time because all of the, the plaudits from the commentary team were going to Bristol and rightly so because they their tries were amazing and arguably they could have been uh, 38-3 up at half time had that disallowed try been given. But I felt it, it equally could have been... Uh, well, take off the two interception tries. It could have been seventeen thirteen at, at half time, and both those interceptions were with London Irish deep, on their own line. The, yeah, on, 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 Brist- on Bristol's own yeah, line, yeah, deep in Bristol's territory, with Bristol having a man in the bin. So, like they were saying in comms that this game's over. Bristol, 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 Bristol. Bristol. I mean, the, the finishing from Pietau and now Lago was amazing. But I just felt it was a bit too one-sided. Mm. And I, I definitely, I'm not saying I saw this because I did not see this comeback coming. But I think London Irish got uh, were a bit harsh done by in that um, half-time assessment. And, I mean, it took them until the 60th minute to get firing. But from 60 minutes onwards, yeah. those three tries yeah. were absolute box office yeah. to set up that incredible finish. But they should have won the game. They should have won the they game. They should have won the game. Tom Parton, who was an absolute handful when he came on. Yeah, he, he was part of the reason why they came back. Yeah, part of the reason why they back. got there. So fair enough, it wouldn't have happened without him. But nevertheless, it was he had three people to pass to. It was a three-on-one, 20-yard... Four-on-one. Four-on-one, 20 yards from Bristol's try line. And he put the ball eight, on the... D- 80 minutes on, on the, the clock. And all of the passes were within... Five to ten metres. Yes, yeah, even the furthest pass oh. was less than ten metres away. Oh, he no. had two pop pass shots. It, it was, it was um, too many options. Instead of the simple pop, he went for the he went for the miss pass and just oh. Threw, oh. threw it on the deck. It threw was, it to no one. Yeah, they should have won. They really should have won. Uh, it, it was it was a good performance by London Irish. London Irish missing. A fair few of their... Oh, they had a few guys on the bench. I was going to say, the one thing that was mentioned before the, the game was, well, and I think um, 
Sarah even mentioned this to Pat Lamb. You know, when you look at London Irish's bench, does that you know they've got three hundred caps worth of worth of talent on their bench? Yeah, and I, uh, and maybe in hindsight, Pat Lamb thought, oh, he brought Pierre Tau off. He brought some of his big guns off with, after about fifty minutes, thinking, well, that's job done. Maybe I mean Rob Simmons, which who adds a hundred of those caps, he dropped out shortly before kickoff. Oh, correct. Yeah, so. It it, it wasn't as experienced, but you're still bringing uh, Creevy and Sean O'Brien, who were both very good. Yeah, back in the day. Uh, but back in the day, and for the last twenty minutes of this game, they don't. Yeah, they need to be good for twenty minutes, don't they? Yes. You know, if they've got that class, they can do twenty minutes. I mean, what I do like is this this London Irish team. So they they played obviously um, a younger, uh, less experienced pack. Uh, but I, I do like some of the talent that they've brought they're, through. They're kids. Brophy Clues, Ollie Hassel, Connellins, Loader. The tight head. Loader's good, isn't he? Lo- pa- Loader's very good. And the guy who started at fullback. Parton and Stokes. Pa- Parton and Stokes. Um, I, I really like Goodridge Clark, yeah. the loose head prop, who's been playing well. Matt Rogerson, who's played a bit yeah, of sec- like second row. I don't think he's actually that young. Isn't I think he's late 20s, but he's. Uh, he's in the leadership. Experienced. Group. Yeah, relatively cap- inexperienced. Yeah. English guy. So, yeah, they're, they're an interesting mix, the London Irish team, but they're doing something right. Albeit, they, I mean, this game, were it 38-3 instead of uh, 31-13 at half-time, it really would have been done at that stage. Mm. But, um, yeah, they they played well in that second half. I watched a game this weekend, a different game. Go on. I watched Munster play Edinburgh. Oh, uh, Munster win. Uh, I watched it for about... 10 minutes okay and I confirmed all of my existing prejudices about the Pro 14 and I turned it off perfect but I had to watch it because I wanted to bring my Pro 14 subscription cost down but have you only brought it down by one tenth yeah of I couldn't 80. do it I couldn't do it for a whole, a whole night I thought <laughs> I've had a weekend of rugby and nothing's going to be added here um, Darcy went over for is it Darcy the score Casey Casey thank you that's how much I paid attention went over for a try I thought this is done this is done and then I turned it off did you see my, my boy Mike Lowry Mac Lowry. <laughs> Mike Lowry? Who, who would he pl- be playing for? Ulster. Ulster. No, watch Munster. No, no. It's going another try this weekend. Not in that game. Oh, God, no. I'm not watching more than <laughs> no, one of these no games. No more. Not even the highlights. Not Especially not the highlights. If I just Even so, even though he's a, an established Ulster player now, if I was Mac Lowry's mum, I would still be just terrified to, to watch him play. He's so small. <laughs> he is tiny, he is. isn't he? He's fast. He's a, he's a good player. He's a great he's a player. Very good really player. Tell you what, they really do value people like um, who's a Big Twelve. What's his name? Uh, uh, McCloskey. 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 If you're playing both Billy Burns and Mike Lowry in the same team, yeah, you, you need, you need someone like Stockers and Hume. The thirteen is a young lad, big, strong boy, good turn of pace. He's got a great try in the uh, Pro Fourteen final last year that we watched mm. together. Did we watch it? Yeah, it was. It was your one game last season. Oh yeah, we did, didn't we? Yes, it's a great, a, another great game in the Pro 14. Exactly. Yes. Have we done all the Premiership games? I think we've done everything. Okay. Well, there's some other Pro 14 news. Is there? Allegedly, the Haguares might be moving to San Sebastian to play in a competition named the Pro 16. Now, I don't know who the other team is going to be. But mm. it seems... A Fijian this, Invitational team? I was going to say, this makes sense, but they've sort of stolen the thunder of my idea to get a, a Fijian team based in Spain. But getting an Argentinian team based in Spain sounds pretty good as well. That would be pretty cool. Makes yes, sense. it would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Makes sense. I mean, it'd be very cool, actually. Yeah, and as the only member of the podcast to have watched the Jaguares live, 
I would be a big in South fan. Africa. I think you yeah, I watched him in oh, Durban against the wow. Sharks. It was a dreadful game. It was like 13-15. Wonderful news. In 35-degree heat. With, it, with no one game. in the stadium? Uh, there was maybe 4,000 people in a 50,000-seater stadium. Oh, okay. So but, you can pick your seat. That's nice. Yes. <laughs> you can pick your banks and banks of seats. Uh, so, yes. I, but, I, I will, of course, be the uh, Saul Haguaris fan. Mm. Oh, fantastic. I just remembered. I need to do something. Um, do you want to do the predictions for next week's games, then? Uh, just just before we do, there's one thing. I, I'm surprised, JB, that you've not mentioned... Oh. The, I know you mentioned the Josh Bayliss call-up, but you've not mentioned how it proves you absolutely correct. Because last last week you made a really good point about Scotland's um, ability to um, be aware of players. Oh, yes. And th- this is a, a great proof of that fact, because Bayliss, as far as I can tell... He was born and raised and schooled in the southwest of England. He played for England age grades, played Six Nations and uh, Rugby World Cup uh, for England under twenties, and is obviously now uh, played and played for England under twenties at a point in time when England under twenties was not the capture team, yep. which is quite important, and has been snaffled up by Scotland. I know. See, I told you, Tim, they're out there. They're out. They're, they're out. Oh, getting, no, I, think, I, never, I, think, I don't think yeah. I ever denied it. I think, I think both of us totally agreed with you on that point that, about the efficiency of some of the home nations. We, we, dis- we disagreed mm. on whether Gary Graham had had a good game against Wales, uh, um, and he's been bombed from the squad. He has, which. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're out there and they're out to get you. Mm. Um, if you've got any Scottish he- heritage, that's right. And this is exactly why these political call-ups exist. No, it is, is why they're there. <laughs> no. that's, that's the bit that I'm less less. That was on. where we disagreed. Well, yes. Well, and this this doesn't exactly prove your point on that. Oh, because otherwise you would have been called up to the England squad before this ever happened. I tell you what, you England fans need to be aware of another thing which happened this weekend. Did anyone see the Sale Sharks replacement scrum half? Yeah, Rafi Quirk. I did. Yeah, ex-Broughton yeah. ex Park. Explosive little... Oh, there you go, uh, Broughton Park lad. Yep. Um, did all right, didn't he? Explosive, yeah. Mm. He, he looked quite handy. Almost scored a, day, a try on day, but... Yeah, and his passing is super crisp. I, uh, oh, and a, a bit and a hello as well to Matthew Donnelly, who is a, a, a strict neutral. <laughs> um, sadly predicted the game wrong this weekend one of the things I have against Sale is and and it's not just Sale it's any team that has a grey kit I've mentioned this before I, 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 there is there is not a single grey kit that has ever looked good in the history of rugby it's awful great, great question mm. is there a grey kit that's looked the only great grey kit so there's the New Zealand no. Scotland great no. kits that looked no no oh. looked awful that it looked was awful, the kit yeah. clash yes where they were both I think one was in like a bluey grey and one was in a grey and New Zealand wore that grey kit when they lost in 2007 to France yeah they did the yeah Deuce Deuce good game. point I'll always remember the grey Man United kit oh when they the three, three nil down at get time Southampton Southampton at half time they, cha- they changed the in kits a, in about 97 yeah, or yeah, something yeah I remember that so I think the reason a grey kit is not cool or has never been called this because I can't think of a single team that has it as their home colours. Mm. I think if you had it as your home colour, it could be cool. It's an awful. I mean, Sale have had some shocking away uh, change kits recently. The the bright yellow one and now the grey one. They they need to sort it out. Why not dark blue for home, white for away? I, I, I don't get I, it. I, yeah, that's what it should be. I, I should inquire really. I mean, blue and white hoops would be great. That, oh, that, be... that red kit they had as a change kit was great. I tell you one which is absolutely stunning was their European change kit in white. 
Do you see that last year or the year before? Oh yeah, with the, with, the, with the red and blue trim. Yeah, oh, the, nice. re- the one with the red trim. Really red trim, nice. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's the nicest kit they've had for some time. Sale kits are not renowned for being great. No, but they were cotton be traders for years oh, and yeah. years and years, even well that, into the professional. That's era, one of the, they? they won the league in a cotton yeah. traders kit, which is a real that real that, that takes the shot. That, that's why Wiggy's keep, and, keeping on trying to get another one. Just because that I, cotton traders just takes the shine off it. No, well, that, that's an interesting thing you say there because it was cotton traders, but it was actually sh- like a shiny synthetic one as well. It wasn't a, it wasn't the old heavy cotton shirt. It was a man-made synthetic thing. So it's the worst of both worlds, I guess. <laughs> I, know, I quite liked it. I think. Did I like it? I can't remember. What it I was just like remember it being enormously baggy. Yeah, that, this, yeah, that was like two or three years after there the, were, there the was a England stage, Nike kit. There was a stage of rugby kits where we weren't quite sure what we should be playing in. Is it cotton or is it a synthetic fabric? Yeah. And some of these fabrics were utterly awful. Well, the, the, the 2003 is the World Cup that really brought it to light because you had obviously England in, in their Nike kit. That, and France as well. And France. Well, they, they France had the same kit been, but in blue. Yeah, there probably would have been maybe one or two others, but... Yeah. Maybe All Blacks, All Blacks was Adidas, but not not quite as fitted, but still more yeah. professional. But then when you're playing against, like England playing against, I don't know, Samoa or South Africa, which was the old, the proper old style. It could have been from the 1950s, the, the technology on that shirt. It just really highlights the differences. Yeah. Yeah. There were some awful, awful examples. Awful. Do you know what I think? It was a high point of kit manufacturing. With the Nike kits, with, with the high collar. I know everyone hated them. I love them. Well, that was what England had when they were the Eng- World Cup, yeah, wasn't it? England, France, and South Africa had one. South Africa's was gorgeous. So was France's, actually, come to think of it. Uh, when I look back at the, t- the video of 2003, I don't like that England kit. What? Why? I mean, amazing memories. But I, I, as a kit, you're right, it was, ahead of the, it was ahead of the game, and it sort of was the Do blueprint want, for the future, but I don't love that kit. Do you want to know my theory about the England? The, the collar was yes. too high. South Africa was, it was the same, the same kit. It's that collar. Yeah, the collar's too high. Oh, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Now, do you want to hear my theory about the England World Cup 2003 team? <laughs> do I? Do I? That is the theory, they were all delighted that England didn't win last year, so they <laughs> still got their after-dinner speaking no. gigs. My theory is they don't remember the game. My theory is I've watched it so many times. Uh, do you know, they always say that, uh, well, the police do anyway, that memory is a really, a really poor um, way to get your information. Totally. Yeah. There was, that, there was that, stuff. that NBC newsreader who... Brian Williams. Brian Williams. And then he, he was... He said he got shot down, but he didn't. He said he, got, he said he was in a helicopter that got shot down, and he was in a helicopter behind one that got shot down. And it could, and some people have said it was stolen valor. Other people have tried to say, no, 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 memory is dreadful, and you replay it over and over in your mind. Sometimes you can end up remembering it differently. Well, yeah, if you think about these lads, for the last twenty years they've done nothing but recount this story and rewatch the game. In fact, they're almost like in a prison of this thing. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Wilkins has never watched the game. Has he not? No, he's never watched it. Wow, so fair, he must have like play, yeah. original memories of the whole thing. So. I wonder how many of them actually remember the game and their experience and how many of them remember something completely different, which is the way they tell the story mm. or the way that they've watched the game back in the past. It's yeah. yeah, it's weird because sometimes you see a photo. Um, I, I think I remember things from when I was a kid, but actually probably it's just I've seen a picture since mm. and I've invented a memory of that moment. 
Yeah. So anyway, that's my little theory on the World Cup. Yeah, don't hire them because they're lying to you. Well, they don't remember it because they got <laughs> so battered that night. Yes, that as well. Yeah. Good old days. Again, Johnny Wilkinson didn't, didn't drink that didn't night have... because he wanted to remember what had happened. And he hasn't watched it since because he doesn't want to write it down his memory <laughs> write it down draw a picture draw a picture of how you of, of how you felt that, he probably would actually write it down is my uh, my response to uh, <laughs> no, a mate not. of mine when, when he um, wanted to have a a little I can't remember what the quote was but he wanted a quote as a tattoo and I and cop, I cop, like, cop DM just remember it just remember it instead yeah. write it down save the fish <laughs> seize the fish <laughs> or fish or fish of the day <laughs> Uh, classics classics so we've got six nations next week Um, so we've got that to look forward to as well who's playing who Uh, so we're going to do premiership first or six nations well we don't know who's going to be in the six nations teams do we so but on form we can just quickly guess that England will beat Wales whoever is playing Ireland will beat them and bloody hope England beat Wales and France probably won't win because they've got COVID. They've got five players out with COVID, haven't they? And good ones as well. You're on for a Grand Slam, Jay. Not concussion, boys. You can get a triple, <laughs> triple crown this week. Dupont, Vonson, Marchant. Who's on, what, France? No, Wales are. Oh, right, I follow France. Triple crown this week. Yeah, four out of the last Jesus. five. Yeah, you're right. Four out of the last five times Wales have won. Triple crown for Wales. Sorry, Phil. <laughs> four of the last five times that Wales have won their first two Six Nations games, they've won the Grand Slam. This would be a travesty. <laughs> um, so the, the game's quickly. Italy host Ireland. Ireland win comfortably. Good for them. Ireland by 15 points. At least. I, Ireland, there's something about their attack that's not quite sharp enough. They're, they've got enough to win this game. Mm. I think Ireland will score the better tries. In the, Sorry, Italy will score the better tries in, in that game. Sexton will be back. Conor Murray will be back. Uh, Se- uh, Stockdale will not be back. James, James Ryan is in the squad. Okay. Uh, then Wales host England. Uh, England. <sighs> give me England, but I think if there was crowds in the stadium, I'd be saying give me Wales. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you. Or unless England get an early red card. I'm saying I'm saying England because of um, just blind loyalty. I, I'm I'm not convinced. Wales look tough to beat. I'm completely convinced that and England I'm, will win this. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. But you, you hate both England and Wales. I don't hate either of them. <laughs> like them both equally. <laughs> not at all. Uh, no, I don't like them both. I slightly prefer Wales. If really push, maybe I prefer Wales. It's hard to say. It depends on what day you catch me. You love slagging both of them off. I like France. Certain. I like watching France. Yeah, and then France on Sunday, three o'clock. France Scotland. <laughs> France win that one. Uh, uh, in France. In France. Mm, France, slight, slight favourites. Scotland needs to bounce back, and they're pretty good. And Josh Bayless will be playing. So, <laughs> uh, all in all, France, yeah. Still France, even without Dupont. Because he can't come back, can he? No, Dupont no. will be out. So, March on, March on yeah, the They've only got ba- Baptiste Saran and uh, Bezzi. As, uh, and, and another one as backups. Not good yeah. enough, is it? And if, if they've got issues with those two, they can call up Maxime Machinot yeah. or uh, Morgan Parra. Morgan Parra? What, from 20, 2019? The 2013 <laughs> Team of the Year. Yeah. I'm surprised he's not playing for London Irish. <laughs> he should be. <laughs> uh, so that's those predictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Prem. Yeah, here we go. Sale host Exeter. 
So there was some conjecture going around that Sale might be resting some of their players ready for Exeter. As such, I'm going to pick... I don't know. I think Sale. I think at home and in an international week, I think Sale will edge it. They did the last game at the AJ Bell between these two. They Sale just edged did it. Did they? I think so. I think they I did. Re- I remember... I can't remember which stadium it was in, but I remember... Exeter beating Sale last year after the restart. Oh, maybe it was. A, yeah, um, Exeter hammered them, win. actually. Yeah, they scored a couple of lovely um, running tries. It's yeah. not It's not clicking for Exeter. It will, and I've got no doubt not it will. Not clicking for Sale, to be honest. Yeah. No, that's true. It's really not clicking. I don't know what it is, um, but there's something just not quite... They played better against Quinns than they did against Bath that's for sure but they're still not quite there mm. the, the defense, I, I, I was certain that Quinns were going to get a bonus point try after, yeah. after 38 minutes or whatever it was that Quinns had got yeah. the three tries and, and Sale shut them down pretty effectively after that yeah I think Rafi Quek might get another look on the bench mm. I really do I think Faf comes back and I think Quek sits on the bench mm. uh, I'm probably going to say Cheeves I'm going to go Sale hmm um, <clears throat> Saturday then one o'clock we've got Bristol Tigers yeah oh this is going to be a good game it should be a good game Cla- clash of styles I mean Tigers might have uh, a couple of massive South Africans either missing through injury or and they're missing um, George Martin now card. in the back row as well unless he's getting released back to the club he won't be because once he's in the bubble well uh, no but Harry Williams was playing for Exeter last week uh, was after he after he wasn't in the matchday squad so well, Randall's not come back Doggers hasn't come back yeah I'm not sure. Uh, okay. Yeah. So he may or may not be playing. I, you're going to have to really... No matter how well Leicester played this weekend, and no matter how much I enjoyed it, you've still got to give a massive advantage to Bristol because yeah. they are Bristol and they've got a body of work and maybe Leicester revert back to the average. But um, Bristol are missing a few players, to both through internationals, um, albeit slightly fewer, but also through injury, like... The, Arguably two of their best players in Nathan Hughes and Semi Randrandra mm. are missing. They're, yeah, they're a great system team as well as an individual team. So I'm I'm okay with them. Okay, I think Bristol will edge that one. I think Not they will a lot, but I, yeah, I think it'll be a lot closer than people might think. So F- Falcons might have a game this week. Hopefully, hopefully against Harlequins. Quins, I'm going to go Quins. Quins do it, this. Make it five out of five. Although. Newcastle have Gally, Gary Graham back with a point to prove. That's true. Yeah. Give me Harlequins all day long. But the weather's warming up. Quinn's on a plastic pitch. Mm. Quinn's five, Quinn. five in a row. Quinn's. Then Wasps, London Irish. Wasps, Wasps. I'm worried about Wasps at the moment. Yeah. They're on a real downward slope. The way they play requires a lot of confidence. You don't want to be trying to offload with your head down, metaphorically, do you? And what I don't like about Wasps team selections they seem to be rotating their decision making well, players because like no relegation got, now got, well mind you I guess you can but you've still got the top you still four got, and you still chasing. got you, you don't build confidence by changing your decision mm. makers constantly so having it's been Gopeth is playing kind of 40-45 minutes then Le Bourgeois comes in Atkinson and Umaga seem to be totally interchangeable Valacott was on the bench or, or not even in the squad they like, Wal- they, they like Walsoncroft though don't they Walsoncroft yeah I know but then Valacott was in this weekend uh, because Walsoncroft's injured oh okay yeah, so, but just those those decision makers then you have Sopawanga who plays 15 
and he's a decision maker and kicker, but then drops out and Minotsi's so a totally I, different style of player comes I in. I think their biggest problem, if you can call it a problem, is they've got so much talent, which is young and not developed at 10. And... Oh, okay, at 10. Yeah, so Atkinson apparently... Well, not apparently. You can see it in real life. He's a... He's a he looks class. Incredible talent. Yeah. Umung has already taken him to a premiership final. So which of those two do you go, go with? Now, it's very harsh, isn't it, for Umung to supersede... Um, what's his name? Uh, Atkinson. No, the other one. The other one who... No, the normal... Uh, Sapuanga. Oh, yeah. Only then to get removed himself by an even younger lad. So how do you mix... Because neither of those two lads look like a 12 to me. They don't look like they can shift out one. Mind you, no. Jimmy Gopeth never looked like that either. No, but he, he is a... I know he's not a huge guy, but he's a bit broader. Yeah. And, and he's he's just a very experienced all-round player. If you've got, you got two, you've got none. That, that's, that is a, that's, been, that, yeah. and that, that's my... The fact that they're rotating them so much and you've, you're losing that stability and consistency. Wasps being wasps, I am slightly surprised they haven't done something creative. I mean, a dog wasn't a 13. Sopoeng was not, not a 15. Gopeth's not a 12. Gopeth can play anywhere. Well, he didn't used to be able to play anywhere, but he you know, plays everywhere. He plays everywhere now. I'm amazed that they've not done something. I mean, who knows what's going on there? They've got some very bright rugby people um, pulling the strings. Don't be surprised if they come up with a bit of a result, but I don't think it will be this weekend. Do you think Wasps are going to lose to London Irish at home? London Irish look good. They did for the last 20 minutes. Uh, they, 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 contr- they controlled the game for large parts, but then couldn't get that that clinical edge until the last 20 minutes. And part of that was there was Parton coming on and them actually having nothing to lose. Part of it was Bristol switching off. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, if World Team of the Year 2013 understand the very simple point that they are actually expected to play then they're going to have to be good they're going to have to be good because they've got so many big bruising guys to put on the field that eventually they're going to come good surely and well to, to converse to a contrast with wasps and we keep saying it every week they've got one of the best tens in the prem they have they have actually i mean that's a, that's a legitimate thing isn't it they have one of the best tens around mm. so that helps a lot mind you he was playing 15 to start the season last season he was yeah yes you're right last season does he not he's not played 10 at uh, 15 this season no no because no, Milo, Milo went to, um, to Osprey yeah and, and well and Paddy, Paddy Jackson wasn't playing particularly well when he first he mm. took a while to settle in which mm. happens but he's, yeah. bo- he's bossing it now yeah he's he's settled in so this is one of my major bugbears this two year deals so I, I've never told you about this, fellow. I told you, you about this, yeah. Tim. It really irritates me. So teams put players on two-year deals because they think they've been smart. Oh, look, we've got flexibility. Look, we can protect our cash flow. What really happens, even with the best players who are internationals like Paddy Jackson, you take your first year to settle in, no matter who you are, so you get overpaid. The second year, if you're any good, you will prove yourself, at which point the team either needs to let you go for a much bigger contract or sign you themselves for a much bigger contract. If they've just given you a three-year deal, they'd have kept you for the extra year, and they could redo your deal in the middle of the second year anyway. It's back to your age-old podcast with Ben Darwin, the contractual stability. Contractual stability. It's which is, t- Players are more valuable to the team they're in than the teams they go to, certainly for the first X um, number of games, X number of months. And, if, and particularly if you do, like so many clubs do, if you do your due diligence and you're scouting and you're recruiting, you make all the phone calls about the character of a guy, what he's like, can, does he try and learn, is he developing? 
and, and will he fit into the system? If you do all of that stuff, which you should do before you sign a player anyway, yeah, then you should back yourself. You to, back yourself. to trust a three-plus year deal. Yeah, there are loads of players. There are loads of players out there. If you think you're picking up the wrong one, you only deserves a two-year deal. You've got the wrong guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the irony of all this is, it's the directors of rugby who are effectively telling these players because they think they're smart and they're not. Back yourself, go on, back yourself. And then they back themselves, it costs them a fortune. And you've lost a player, which you then relied on. And you've got to start the two-year process with somebody else. It's maddening. I, I kid you not, I could get top four in, in the Premiership <laughs> just by signing the right deals. It is a simple point. If, if you are only willing to give someone a two-year deal, there might not be the... Yeah. There might not be worth giving them any deal. Move on. Yeah. Because if they prove you right in year, in year two, they're going to cost you a fortune in year three. It's going to be expensive. Mm. Um, the other games. To I, wrap I, I'm, up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say wasps edge it. Yeah, give me wasps just. Um, the other games to wrap up this. What was supposed to be a very short podcast. Oh yeah. Um, we've got Gloucester hosting Worcester. Can Gloucester? Yes. Get a win. Yes, they can. I think they probably can. But I, I always like Worcester. Worcester. Willie Hines, his current club against his future club. Wow. Yeah, yeah they're play, They're spending some. Fairly substantial money there. Well, it'll, it'll be a lot cheaper, a, a bit cheaper than their current. Uh, that's half. Yeah, probably better as well. To be fair, they probably drive fewer Lamborghinis. Fewer Lamborghinis. Who hard is a magnificently talented player? Can't remember his last brilliant game for Worcester. Can you? No. Can't remember last time he played for them. Frankly, <laughs> he he played a bit, but he's not been. I mean, he's a talented man, but... I'll never understand what, what goes on at Worcester. They seem to have unlimited money for, for two, two players, and everyone else plays on minimum wage. Like, this can't be the right way to build a squad, can it? Especially if those two players are not playing for you. Yeah. See, Bentio. Can we sign you for a million pounds, and the only thing in your contract is you must have complete disdain for the club? <laughs> Maybe um, that's what actually happened with England. Ollie Lawrence said, look, sorry, I'm one of the guys that's getting all the cash at Worcester. You've got to let me go. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's, that's probably exactly what happened. Uh, so we're going Gloucester, sneaking a home win. Yes, Gloucester. Yeah. And Northampton Bath on Sunday, the final game. That's that a good be, game. That should be interesting. Mm. So now, Bath don't even have Josh Bayless to rely on. Uh, or Mike Williams. Or Mike Williams. What else have they got? got no, I mean, they, no they, they were auxiliary second rows as it was. Yeah. They were back rows playing in the second row to fill in. Yeah. And now they've lost the two back rows filling in the second row. Yeah. Uh, I reckon they go with Hooper uh, <laughs> and Blackadder. <laughs> <laughs> Mercer and Faletau in... in uh, Falatau yeah, won't be there. Lock. Yeah, no, oh, no, no Falatau won't be there. Of course he won't be. Uh, Rocco Daguni put his shoulder out as well in the game. Well. I, I mean, he's not going to be playing back row anytime soon, but he's not going to be playing. Yeah. Um, good battle this. Uh, Give me top, Saints. Saints. Yeah, I'll get on board with Saints, I think. Yeah, Saints. It's not immediately clear that that's a good choice, but uh, well, who do they go for? Oh, Christ, do you hear about the drink driving charge? Yes, or this week. Mike Williams. No, Stuke, sorry. Stuke, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. why they're missing him. Yeah, so I think... So Jonathan Joseph was on the bench this week. He was. He got banned. You know, they they um, stepped him down for a game, didn't they? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, unlucky for Gabriel Ogre and uh, Jonathan Joseph to get dragged into all this. They had a little get-together, didn't they? And then um, because... Stuke got done for drink driving 
did he grasp his mates or something? I don't know exactly exactly how all it that came to light. It came to he, light where he'd been travelling from and to. Yeah. Well, well, he, not, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, I don't think it's grasping. It's a police matter, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? I was breaking COVID laws, with my friends. <laughs> Mm. Uh, tough one uh, young men they do stupid things they will learn correct so uh, there we go that, that's this podcast another one coming in your feed so hit subscribe thank you for supporting us on patreon.com forward slash egg chasers uh, thank you for following at rugby podcast on twitter at jb and more at cocker and we'll see you on the next one let the boys play let the boys play imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.